Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Indeed, it's the podcast that's sweeping the nation. Now we're sweeping the floors, depending on how you look at it. It's One Man's Opinion, episode number 35 here Coming at you right after the Sirius XM show just ended. Hour two here, and we got a very special guest I'll get to in just a minute. But if you're just downloading the podcast, just found it out, what the hell took you so long? I am Jeff Mans. You can find my work at fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, elitesportsbetting.com, at Jeff underscore Mans on Facebook, on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And to help me out, on a very special episode 35. It's Ray Flowers. How are you, Ray Mundo? You came in so hot there, Jeff. That, whoa. Like Sweet. you were, you, yeah, you were pumped. I'm, uh, it got me excited to do the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm very excited. I was telling you right before we went live here uh, that I'm, I don't know, I'll get bored. Like I'm bored of hearing myself talk and just blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, uh, I know you missed our Wednesday show on Sirius XM. So I'm like, I need my Ray fix of the week. Uh, listeners need their Ray fix of the week for sure. And I'm like, well, Thursday. So is just so shitty. It's just such, it's just, you know, it's like, I, I go through thing, you know, unnecessary things, but here you and I get to talk, uh, you know, freely with no constraints and we don't have to be nice and we can swear if we want, we can do whatever we want. So I felt like this was a better forum to get our yeah. right. And I, I tell you, Jeff, there's one thing I'm known for, and that's making shit better. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I can help you make this Woo! shitty show better. There yes! you go. <laughs> I love it. There we go, folks. We're on record. Ray Flowers cursing on one man's opinion. Uh, it's not your first time on the podcast, but uh, first time during the football season. So, folks, we, we're going to go through week six. We'll talk about that. There's some um, COVID issues, Ray. Mm-hmm. Around the National Football League, Atlanta shut down their facility. They've got a very fantasy-worthy contest against the Minnesota Vikings this coming week. So we shall see how that goes. Um, you know, unfortunately, we won't have the latest on that other than they shut it down. That game's still scheduled for 1 o'clock on Sunday. So we'll uh, talk as if that game's going to go. But you guys, it, Ray, what's it been like for you? You know, trying to keep up. I know as an analyst, it's been very difficult. Mm-hmm. But trying to keep up with which teams have an outbreak or have an active case. If it's a player, if it's a coach, the moving schedule around, you know, week six here, we have two Monday night games scheduled. We don't know how it's all going to go. Teams that have been forced into their bye weeks. What has it been like for you? It's been tough. I mean, just speaking personally, I have a league where I have seven players on bye this week now. Oh, geez. Wow. Because they, the switches and yeah, it's, it's, so, you know, we, we all pay attention to the bye week when we're putting a team together and, there are people I know you don't teach this, Jeff, and I don't preach it either. You know, oh, get all your guys on the same bye week or whatever. But you look at the bye week and you try to stagger it to make sure you've got strength through the season. And that's blown up in our face. It probably will continue to get messed up too, which is a concern. But I think the hardest thing is being the analyst is, is, is trying to figure this out because we know how this goes. On a Wednesday, people want to know who to start. Right. Even though the, the game might be Sunday night or Monday, they want to know on Wednesday. And you have to tell them, well, as of now. And then they ask the question again on Thursday and you got to tell them, well, as of now. And then they're asking you Saturday, as of now. It's, it's frustrating because I feel like I've answered some of the same questions over and over again to the same people because the information we have at our disposal keeps changing on a day-to-day basis. 
it's wild. It, it is keeping us on our toes. That's for sure. And it's throwing everything off. You know, I feel we, you and I cover both or all three of sports betting, NFL betting, uh, DFS over elite fantasy, and then seasonal fantasy. And it affect when a game is canceled and, and things move around, it affects all three differently, which makes it even more, you know, we get into our regular habits and we're able to keep up. But when one game gets mo- moved around, it throws everything into a tizzy because in daily fantasy the value of people when you get one good player let alone five that may be in a game everybody else moves up their value becomes bigger and a seasonal standpoint it's about well did you protect yourself if you handcuffed and did all the things that we want you to do well that doesn't matter now you need to go outside of that and manage your roster did you your commissioner set up ir spots do you have deep enough bench to accommodate that and then obviously in the sports betting landscape, the spreads and the totals are all changing. It changes with the news cycle. If there's an outbreak, oh my God, they're going to lower the numbers on everything else. So, you know, everything we have to react to in a different way, it's been the ultimate mindfuck. I'll be, I'll be honest with you guys. That, that's really what it comes down to or what it's been like uh, for us over here. But speaking of mindfucks, Ray, we had a very interesting week number five across our fantasy industry. And I, w- I wanted to pick your brain on this one, too. I've made a lot of enemies. Do I have any more enemies to make? Um, there's people around the world that don't know you yet that I'm sure you can make <laughs> enemies with, Jeff. Probably, yeah. Most people don't know me. Yeah. It's, it's true, too. I-, I wish it wasn't that way. But are you I- making enemies or are you just telling the truth? There's a difference. Well, that's the problem, though. It's yeah. telling the truth makes enemies. And that it's, it's been a problem. Honestly, like for real, my whole life, like it's, it's been a problem. That's why, I, you know, I don't have a ton of friends. I have close friends. You're one of them. I'm very proud to announce at least until the end of this podcast. And then, uh, you know, but it's like, I, you know, being honest with people, they don't want to hear people. Most people don't want to hear honesty. They don't want to hear. And I just was raised that way. My family, my mom would just fucking annihilate you. Like she would tell you, your your face is gross like you're just you're terrible why are you whatever it is like my mom and dad is ah you're an idiot you know whatever it was it just was told to you and you're like oh there was none of this oh i'm sure you're doing the best you can do no (laughs) and i don't blame them for that it's the way they were raised the way i was raised and, and and whatnot and i will tell people what i think and i don't mean it in a derogatory way i just mean it the way it says so um for those who don't know what we're talking about it's a FanDuel scoring this past week in daily fantasy, but it's not just FanDuel and it is uh, other sites, fan tracks, RT sports, um, the, the many, many other, basically what happened was stats, LLC stats incorporated. They, they, they have been a long running supplier of statistics, obviously for decades and decades, and they are an empire and they're very great at what they do. And it's a great company. And we've had friends that have worked with them and moved on and, and friends that are still there. So nobody's debated. It's a great company and they provide a great service and all that, but their service went out. They were now so many live scoring of places that you go to check your box scores on your cell phones and everything else. Stats LLC, they provide that to those services. So it's like a subset and that subset went out stats feed went out and they weren't able to get 
the live stat feature back up and going for whatever reason, which is almost incomprehensible to me, but it affected almost every company in the fantasy landscape. The problem I have with FanDuel and some of these other guys who, by the way, some of them still aren't up still, still, as we record this on a Thursday, Ray, I can't accept it. And, and I don't mean that these, I don't mean disrespect, but it comes down to a matter of fact, when in our industry, the way you and I look at things, or at least we you know, have for 20 years of doing this business is when one company fail, if we fail our customers, whether you're a fantasy guru subscriber or a FanDuel user or a Fantrax user, or if you use one of our rivals at Rotowire or Fantasy Alarm or somebody like that, if one of our companies fails the customer, it looks terrible to everybody. And one person that gets screwed over or feels screwed over by one of our businesses ultimately fucks everything up. And that's why we need to be proactive and we need to hold each other accountable and help each other. And I don't feel the FanDuel did that. I don't feel the Fantrax or RT Sports have done that. Well, and I think this goes back in a quick digression. Um, In baseball, one of these companies um, would, I would set my lineup on Monday and by Tuesday, my lineup would be different. The, the, The system itself was changing my lineup. Okay. And this happened over and over again. And this was in the, the, um, the Sirius XM host league over and over again, okay, all season long. And I kept sending notes to the provider saying, what the hell, man? Why is the final week of the season, I had 23 players in my active lineup. By Tuesday, I had 19. Somehow, it removed four players from my lineup. So this has been an issue for everyone in 2020. The providers have struggled. And it started in baseball, and it's carried over into football. Baseball had the leeway because the season just started late, right? So everyone right. had time to, to get everything up and going for the 60 games and then we're off and running football it's more of an on the fly kind of thing but i I just i really struggle because i i hear from people all the time that it doesn't seem like anyone playing fantasy football thought that this could be a problem like i don't understand where anyone in the world has been the last months seven months like how are they not prepared for this and to have there be an issue and this this starts with stats and the provider of the, the data because you know again they're the one everyone gets to feed from You've got to have redundancies built in place. When you and I are writing an article, do yes. you hit save during the process? Yes. Or do you just hope yes. that your computer well, saves it and the power goes out in your screen? Let's, let's be honest. You and I have learned years ago. I, we used to talk about it all the time. We both write our articles in Microsoft Word or Absolutely. Google Docs and things yep. like that that have automatic save because we have to have a backup. Why? Because every time, or not every time, obviously, but... Time, we would write a 5,000-word article, 10,000-word article, and, uh-oh, lost connection, and it's gone. And <laughs> we can't have that. That's, like un- that's impossible to get back that time or that work. Yep. So, yeah, you have to have redundancy. You have yep. to have backup plans in place. No question about it. And that's the thing it, that drove me absolutely crazy. The, you know what honestly really upset me was a, a message that one of the providers wrote that said, what do you expect us to do? Have a backup? And I was like, oh my God. That's not paraphrasing. That's what the, the note basically it, said. It no. literally said it. And I'm like, and, and so for instance, I'll, let's tell, I'll tell this story. And you and I have had connection issues with SiriusXM. For those who mm-hmm. want to peek behind the curtain, you know, with SiriusXM, when they stopped going into studios and all that, Ray and I also had to stop going into studios and wherever we were recording our shows from. So we had to set up you know, home 
offices and studios. Now we had that already, but we had to do other measures and record the show because they weren't live and all this. And so, and when all of us, every one of you, when we all went home, all the kids are homeschooling, the internet usage and bandwidth was soaked up. So it really ate into our broadcasting ability at Sirius XM. It, it ate into the podcast ability. It kicked off there every now and then because we're all at the mercy of our connections. So I'll say from day one, when I had a home studio built in for, uh, to my house for a Sirius XM to be able to do that, I have had two different internet co- companies. I have had three. I don't pay for two internet lines into my house i pay for three true story have done it for i don't know five years now i've paid for three internet lines each of which is there in case one of them fails two different two different lines a business a regular residential a business line and a completely separate company business line in order to make sure nothing in the world is that outside of an Armageddon can happen to my connection. Why do I, and it costs me in excess of $500 a month for this stuff that Sirius doesn't pay for. I pay for that. If I broadcast from my home, Sirius will pay for a studio. If I go to the studio, so I pay that nobody else, nothing else. And why is it worth that money? Because it's my job because that's what, that's how serious I take this job. It is a ridiculous amount of money to pay per month, but I do it. And I know for a fact that my good buddy Ray Flowers has paid for two lines for a boatload of time for this exact same reason. Am I wrong, Ray? You are totally right. I actually am risking it now. I haven't had it the last two and a half months since I moved into my new house. Nice. But well, for the, for, the, for the previous five years, I had AT&T and Comcast both. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, it is, it is, it's a lot of money and it's different. You know, you and I paying an extra 200 bucks a month or whatever, you know, these companies would have to pay thousands, thousands of dollars. Thousands I get it. Of dollars, yeah. Thousands of dollars. Cause these feeds, yeah. these stat feeds, just so people know they're extremely expensive. Extraordinarily. Yes. Yeah. Good. They're extremely expensive, but it's the price of doing business. And I know Jeff, you've, you've expressed to me the idea that, look, maybe these companies that are charging 29.99 need to start charging 49.99 yes. and having the built-in safety and being able to actually deliver their product versus trying to make their product so cheap that they don't have any redundancies built in. It's, it's such a huge deal in our industry and fantasy sports. And I know so we're, we're going to get to week six, folks. Calm the fuck down. All right. Calm down. Cause we need to, we need to get this out. I need people to understand. All right. Be- there any walk of life, any relationship you have with a business, whether you're buying a sandwich or a Pepsi or a pen or whatever it is, there's a business customer relationship and you need to have an understanding when you want speedy on time, always accurate. When you have those high level expectations, those expectations come with a cost to us, the consumer. And with that, we have to pay for what we're getting. And I think back in the day when you and I started, Ray, uh, you started before me in, in this industry, but you know I'm a long timer as well. 15, 20 years we've been in this. You know, back in there it was mom and pop shop, everybody mm-hmm. running out of their basement and trying. It's like Apple computers. It's the same thing as when they started, but we've evolved. And it, back then everything was also free. Everything was free. We just put it out there. We're happy to do it. Maybe we get some advertisers, whatever, whatever. But now it's become a multi-billion-dollar industry, fantasy sports. And with that, 
the expectations we have grown our customer base, all of us. And I'm talking about us at the Elite Sports Network and every other company in our space. And unfortunately, a lot of a, a lot of our competitors and people in the space treat this like it's still a hobby. Like it's but they're happy to collect money and get paid for their services, but they also don't want to put in the full-on effort. They don't want to work 16-hour days, 20-hour days. They don't want to pay for backup lines and stat feeds and things like that. And that's the problem because the customer, all of you listening, you expect these shows to be on time, to be well, uh, easy to listen to, meaning no hiccups and no uh, disconnections and, you know, and talking like we're in a tin can and stuff, which has happened plenty both on this podcast, I'm sure, and uh, on SiriusXM or wherever. You've been in the toilet, Jeff. That's in a tin can. Yeah, I, sometimes I'd love to broadcast from a toilet. There, there, there are days that I should have been on the toilet <laughs> the whole time. I'm sitting here uh, in an adult diaper just uh, trying to get through a show. But nevertheless, so, you know, Ray, that's uh, – you know, people treat it like it's a hobby, but customers, especially when there's money on the line. When it's Sunday morning, there's nothing – these people – a lot of us, we, we're playing for money. We're playing for something important. We're playing for daily fantasy. That's all for money. Sports betting, it's all for money. When we take money to be from our consumers, from our customers, and, and we are, and they are playing for additional amounts of money, we need to take that as serious as it possibly gets. And yes, you should have a fucking backup. Yes, of course you should. You should have two or three backups. And yes, and but to all of you, that will cost you more money. You don't get the best of both worlds. And that's what I mean. See, right now, the businesses in our industry want the best of both worlds. They want to charge and make money, but also eh, they don't have to do that much work and they work when it's convenient and they, they want to set their own schedule and do their own thing and do all that. That's what they want to do. They have it both. And the consumer side of it should be, it should always go on the consumer side, in my opinion. We, as a consumer, should ask for, I want this article when I want it, how I want it. I want it regularly. I want it on time. I want it free of grammatical errors and spelling errors and all that. I want, that's what your expectation is to pay that money. Now, maybe, like Ray said, instead of $20 a month, maybe it's $25 a month. It is going to cost more, but it is time for that. It's time for the fantasy industry to step up and be professional because NBC, you think NBC doesn't have a power outage? Do you think NBC doesn't have the technical difficulties? And remember in the 1960s and 70s, a network would go offline and you'd see that, you know, the camera do 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 that, you know, multicolored screen. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. There's no more outages because they have backup after backup after backup because they're a business. And we expect, I want to watch Will and Grace when I want to watch Will and Grace. Or whatever show is on nowadays. I don't even know if that's odd, but whatever, you know what I mean, right? Like there has to be an expectation here. And we, as a, we, you and I own a biz, our, our business. Mm-hmm. We have to provide that for our customers. We've had many outages, many, 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 many server issues sometimes, all that. We have to pay extraordinarily amounts of money to get this up as soon as possible. If it's crunch time, lineup lock and DFS, we have to pay thousands for one hour to get that back up. But guess what? That's the game, and that's how we stay in business, and so many of our competitors don't. Well, I think one of the issues, too, and I'm not, you know, I don't think this podcast is the place for name-calling, so I won't do that, but I think it would surprise people 
to learn how many people that they follow in this industry don't really do this full time. Yeah. Yeah. And when when they do it full time, I'm not saying they work 36 hours a week. I mean, actually do this full time work 60 plus hours every week. Have to, you know, Jeff and I, that always pride ourselves on, on doing the work. Now, whether the work is good or not, that's a whole other argument. Okay. Yeah. But hey. we're there. And whether we're sick, whether we're di- someone's dying in the family, whether there's a, you know, something major going on, stuff gets done. It just does. And if that means you got to work till four in the morning, then you know what? Yes. You work till four in the morning, you get it done. And I don't know the particulars of all the, 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 the stuff that's been going on the last week. Uh, you know, I don't know if anyone does. I still haven't heard a good explanation as to what happened other than the things that hasn't been delivered, the product from the stats. I don't know if they ever gave, the provider itself ever gave the information. But to hear certain sites say, well, we hope to have it back up by Sunday. No, you can't take seven days to fix no. this problem. Mm-hmm. That's not acceptable. And you're right. We have transitioned from a point when I started this industry, like you said, everything was free. Right. You know, and you could charge someone $9 a year. Holy crap. That's super cool. Like, you know, yeah. it's a, and now it's like, everyone's just charging people money and they're not giving them a product. And we're not even talking about whether the product is good in terms of is the advice. We're just talking about actually delivering the product that they expect. And this past week, the providers, even if it wasn't directly their fault by not having the redundancy built in, they let us all down. And I, I will, we'll wrap up this conversation with this because um, to your point, fan, so FanDuel's the company that I really went after. And, and again, I happen to love FanDuel. I have had extraordinary success on FanDuel. I hosted a FanDuel radio show. I frequent fan. I like FanDuel. I like their scoring system. I like their layout. I just, whatever. So, and I, and now I'm an enemy of theirs because I'm speaking out and telling the truth. I'm not speaking out to become an enemy. It's not my point, but I have, I don't know that I don't have that part of the brain that could, I'm not going to cover this up and pretend like it's nothing. And the reason I'm so pissed at them in particular and the other companies too, I'm still, but there's two other companies, one other company that's a leading DFS provider and that's DraftKings. Okay. DraftKings. I, after all this investigation I did all week, I learned that DraftKings also uses stats LLC or stats incorporate for their, their data provider. Same exact thing. Oh shit. Okay. But DraftKings had live scoring. Why? They have a backup company called sports radar. They had a backup. Their scoring went out too. 10 minutes later, they plugged one out, plugged the other in and boom, they kept going. Okay. Another company you guys have heard me talk a lot about super draft. Now, last year when FanDuel failed to do anything, and DraftKings, they both failed when our people that want to play DFS and not have multi-accounting, not have lineup trains in every cash game, 40%. When we moved over there, they're a company called SuperDraft. They can be found at superdraft.io on a web browser. Otherwise, they have a great app for you as well. Uh, They do DFS contests as well. They stepped up and said, what would your people need? We will do anything. I said, here's what we would like. And they said, done. And they did it. Really impressive. Well, guess what? Ray, I'm going to give you one guess only. Mm-hmm. Who do you think Superdraft's data provider was going into oh, Sunday? I'm going to say it was stats, but they had a backup. Well, half, half true. <laughs> yes on stats. Okay. Yes on stats. Okay. They did not have a backup. Okay. Superdraft did not have a backup. They, they also, they're a very, they do one 
one thousandth of the business that FanDuel or DraftKings does. Very, very little. So they're small. They're a mom and pop shop, and they do you know they take care of customers. They're like I said, mom and pop DFS. Great place to play. Multiplier format. It's fantastic. It's one of my favorite places to play DFS now because we don't get the sharks. We don't get the mega multi accounting. They pay out their people more. All that stuff. Well, guess what? They realized it. Sunday morning before the games, they knew something was wrong. These are people, they, they were aware of it. It's like a mechanic driving their you know, uh, 1968 Camaro around. They're like, oh, I hear a clunk over there. They pulled over to the side of the road, realized, okay, what's going on? There's something not functioning right with our data. Why is this not functioning right? They went out and said, okay, this is going to be a problem. And they went out and made a backup. They went out and got a backup. In an hour, as the games were starting, these are people that most important day of the week during the football season over at Super Draft. No, realized there was a problem. They're, they're on their hands on deck, knew some. They went out and sought out, had to pay an exorbitant amount of money to get it all implemented. Had their tech people, which they only have three tech people, the whole company. Okay, they're probably not supposed to say that, but I did. They worked around the clock, getting this thing plugged in, getting it right. And for like an hour or two, they were about 10 minutes behind. And then boom, after by the time halftime of the first games, everything was in live and they were, they were good to go. They went and did it on the fly. A mom and pop shop like Superdraft went and did that. That's caring about you knowing what's going out with your business, being in, in contact with people and also caring Two huge elements that these other guys didn't. They didn't recognize it, and if they did, they didn't give a shit. That pisses me off as a consumer. It pisses me off in the industry. It pisses me off as an analyst. It pisses me off, and I'm telling you. So Superdraft, by the way, has this whole thing. So you know they went out and did it, and they're not happy. I mean, good Lord, they paid so much money. They, yeah, who, they, it's a lot they, of money. They won't be in, like, they're not going to make any money this year as a result of one day of doing this. I'm just going to tell you, I, I mean, very unlikely that they make money, but they did it because they care about their customers. They believe in it. They're willing to take a hit for this greater good. And that's why, and now, so they went out and they're doing a hashtag, hashtag SD works, right? And mm-hmm. SD works, meaning the live scoring works, right? So they're throwing FanDuel as a result of all this shit that they uh, didn't let us have live scoring. They gave customers a $4.44 ticket to use on their site. That's all FanDuel's offering. Superdraft said, ah, screw that. We'll give you $8.88. Double what FanDuel's given, even though we worked. We'll give you that, and we'll do it in a free roll for every person. So I'm telling everybody, right? And listen, Superdraft... Good. Yeah, we do a sponsorship with them over at EliteFantasy.com. Absolutely. But this isn't about their sponsorship there. I owe them nothing. Nothing. I, and they know, because I'm a hothead, that if they fuck it up, I'll bite their hand too. I'm not afraid. I, I Stories, I walked away from a quarter million dollars from DraftKings back in the day because I couldn't keep my stupid mouth shut. I eventually got uh, let go of the FanDuel show. That show went under because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I'll do the same if you fuck us. 
I will always do the same if you try to fuck us. But so Superdraft is offering this thing, hashtag SD works. Or if you use the promo code SD works, you will get the $8.88 ticket, $8,000 top prize into that tournament. And, uh, and you get, uh, it's totally free. You'll get, uh, I think, $10 added to your account in there as well. It's for all new signups of Superdraft. And I urge everybody to go do it if for no other reason, even if you don't like DFS, even if you don't, just for the fact that these are good guys that did the right thing and give a shit about their, cus- their company and that this company is they want to be able to compete with these big boys and they could only do so with our support. And I believe they earned it. So uh, go do that. SD works. That is the, the hashtag go over and support our uh, friends at super draft. And uh, cause quite honestly, Ray, they earned it. Yeah. And you know, they're they're I've heard you on Sirius. You were talking about that, uh, this whole issue this week as well. And, you know, the truth is that sometimes when you make a lot of money and you get big, you make a lot of money, you get big and that's it. You know, you don't care anymore and you drift away and you buy your, your yacht or your Island or whatever the hell it is. And that's it. And you're cash and checks. And it's just not the way to be. We've always been successful. I think that we've always made a, a good living doing this, but I don't think we care any less about the clients. You know, it doesn't matter to me whether I'm making a million dollars or 10 bucks, you know, I'm still going to give my best. And I think a lot of these companies, and it's not just in the DFS world, it's the way the world works, right? Company gets big and they don't know who you are anymore. They don't care anymore. They don't take your calls anymore. You got to, you know, talk to 57 people to get an answer. I don't know if that's what happened with DraftKings, with FanDuel. I don't know, but I I know you talked about it, Jeff. You have much more interaction with it than I do. But, you know, it seems like some of these companies have just gotten too big. They're all about money. They're all about gambling and trying to get everyone doing that and making gazillions of dollars more than they are worried about actually, you know, providing a good product that makes our customers happy. Absolutely. You got to support the people folks. That that's the key. When you get something good, I tell the story all the time. I've told a million times about the bakery. When I was, uh, when I lived in Illinois, uh, there was no good bakery. I, got, I grew up around, you know, good bakeries on the South side. So like that, that's something they always had. And uh, man, when, when there was a special occasion, my mom would go get a coffee cake. And it was just like, when my mom got a coffee cake from, um, God, what was it? Um, oh, it was a Heinemann's Bakery. Now, they went like national. I don't know if they went national, but they started selling these coffee cakes in grocery stores, but we'd get them right off the line. Oh, my God. When they got a, a Heinemann's coffee cake, it would be like a freaking dream of the world, right? And uh, I've had a bit of a sweet tooth. I, had a, I moved out to the far western burbs and never had, we didn't have any good bakeries. I had to buy Entenmann's and shit like that. I was like, fine, whatever. Bakery opened up right down the street for me. Oh my Lord. We went there. It was amazing. Coffee cakes, just, you know, sweet rolls, cinnamon rolls, uh, cookies. Like it was just, it was heaven, right? Unbelievable. Well, we went there like the opening week, or whatever, and then didn't go there. Like six months didn't go there again. It's right down the street. And all of a sudden, uh, I'm like, oh, we gotta, we gotta hit that bakery. My wife's like, oh no, that place closed. What are you talking? About? That that place closed. I'm like, what do you mean? Closed. Nobody would go there. We went under. I'm like, oh my god. And I realized I had nobody to blame but myself. Like I didn't support it. Support the places that take care of you. I have a barber that's local. I finally found a bar. I used to. I went to sports clips, right, to get my hair cut. I, I used to have Ted's wife cut my hair all the time. Right, right. yeah. You know, all the time. And then I, I, had, yeah, I, I had to go to fucking sports clips. And it was, oh, I'm like, oh, boy. Nothing wrong with sports clips. But 
Oh, it was just not good. I finally found a barber. Again, I grew up, my old man would take me to the barbershop and he'd hang out there and I'd have to watch fucking Cub games all afternoon. But I just grew up in that environment one-on-one and they do the hair. They knew you know how to cut a guy's hair. And the, you know, just, just the barbershop, just, just wait, you know, just something I'm familiar with. I finally found one down here and he's been hurting this whole time during, uh, during COVID. Well, I'm in there. I mean, there's several times I sent my brothers over. I sent my son over, you know, everybody we're going to get haircuts around the clock. We're supporting this because I can't have him leave. He needs to stay. And it, it's just, I learned that lesson with the bakery. You got to support these places that care about you help build them up. The more successful they are, the more successful you will, the better you'll have it. And in fantasy sports folks, it may cost a couple extra dollars, but, and I get, prices and times are tough for everybody and everybody has to do what they have to do for their bottom line. I get it. And I don't, anybody has to go and cheap out. That's 100%. I've been there, done that. But if at all possible, take care of the companies, the people, the places that will take care of you, that will be there, that don't treat you like you're an afterthought, that don't take your money and pocket it instead of reinvesting in the product they're distributing to you. When somebody tells you, why the hell would we have a backup? That's expensive. Well, then why the fuck am I paying you? That would be my question. And, if you, and that, that holds true for elite sports. All of our sites, we've been down. We've had power outages or uh, uh, live stream outages. We've had uh, chat outages. We've had, we've had outages. We, every time, I'll hop on. I'll do whatever, middle of the night. Hop in, do whatever. Find a way to take care of our customers. Every single time. That will never change. Because I would be beyond furious if one customer ever came to our site and wasn't able to, to get their advice or, or the information that they need for that moment. Like I, it would be, I would, I would leave, I would quit, retire, done, before I ever let that happen, even if it means a net loss for us. All right, there we go. Beating the dead horse into the ground, Ray. But uh, I feel that that's important. I feel that a lot of folks that – you know, play fantasy, don't realize the business side of things, right? And uh, I hope that they get enough out of it. Yeah, I mean, there's what, 55 million people that play fantasy sports. And it's like you said earlier, it's a billion dollar industry. And um, a lot of it's, you know, nickel and diamond. And it's, uh, it's a wild space. It's a wild time. We've seen it go from, you know, money on trees, falling off trees when companies like FanDuel and DraftKings were coming up to more leaner times now. But uh, it's 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 a business and i know it's fun for people but they're not giving us their money for fun they're giving us their their money so they can win and have fun i think it's a combination of things there yeah it's not uh, yeah it's uh, having fun is i always look at it as winning first because having fun is the most important thing you're not going to win every league you're not going to win every daily every every bet that's that's not going to happen never going to happen but you know but the goal is needs to be there we can't just say oh Oh, oh, sorry, man. Computer, my computer's on the fritz. I, I don't have an article. Like, you know how many fucking computers I have? I mean, I must have 11 computers. Like, I, some, I will smoke signal my plays to people of that cash game article on Elite Fantasy. I will send it up in smoke into the air so that everybody – oh, sure, that's a touchy subject for you, Ray. Yeah, right. Being in the Bay Area. What a terrible – all right, no, bad. So I, I will telegraph it. Did I tell you, there was a fire that was like a mile and a half from my house. I don't know if I ever told you that. I could see the smoke coming yes. up. Yes. You yeah. sent me pictures. Yeah. Me oh, pictures. I did. Okay. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I was, I was like, oh my God, it's going to get us. It's going to get us. Oh, 
it's a dangerous uh, time, man. I don't oh. know. It's really scary. Are things better now? Yeah, they're better now. I mean, we still have, yes, they're better now. There's still areas in California where the, the fires are burning. We This year alone in California, there have been more acres lost to fire than from 1932 to 1999. Jesus. Wow. Over a 70-year period of time, we've had more fire burn in, in, mo- in six months, four months, um, than, than that whole period of time. It's just their fire still burning out here in California. It's crazy. Can we take a moment, like, seriously, like, full honesty? What the fuck is going on with this year? Uh, this year is pandemonium, man. It, I just, everything. I mean, COVID, obviously, but it's just so much. The whole world is just, it's, it's absolutely fucking crazy. It feels like the Joker's in charge, right? Just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Which joke? If you had to have one Joker uh, in charge, who would it be? Um, I guess Heath Ledger is the worst one, so I'd probably wouldn't want him to be the one. Can't, can't remember the guy from the TV show. What was his name? Gosh. Yeah, I know. I was. That's what I was trying to think. Yeah, because he's the be the best one to have. Because all he just ah, just stupid. Doesn't that really cause any problems? Let's look I like the Riddler more in the old TV show than the Joker. The Joker was okay. He was good, but I I always liked the Riddler. Maybe because I was young when I watched reruns yeah. of that. But maybe I liked that one. For me, it would be Jack Nicholson. Oh really? Know. Yeah, yeah. The one nobody ever remembers. Yeah, that was a good. I mean, that that movie did a lot to bring back the comic book era and. Yeah. movies i mean that was kind of the tim burton kicking it all off right that was a right. huge a uh, cesar romero by the way was the oh, joker. And, the, okay. and the best thing about that is he used to have a mustache and they would paint it yes you know so you could yes. still see it through the white it's like yes. shave your mustache bro come on <laughs> oh man yeah hollywood back in those days they did whatever they could now hollywood always has a backup <laughs> now they tell you yeah shave your mustache for the roles i am yeah there you go all right, let's talk about week six in fantasy football here, Ray Flowers. We'll get into some starts and sits, some players. That Is this should... a football podcast, Jeff? Uh, <laughs> not all the time. I, I tell people. Okay. I hope everybody knows, like, I mean, if this is going to be you – know, I'm not stopping during when it's not football season. Like, we'll give you the football information, but this is going to be about – the world and everything that we're going through. So hopefully you guys got something out of that and understand it. And, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be a lot of shit. The only thing I don't go into Ray is politics. Yeah. No need for that. Yeah. It's like politics. Politics has done enough damage to our world and, uh, that I just can't do it. I can't deal with either side. I'm not on a side. I don't ever take sides. I, I go by what I go by and that's it. And it's never, I'm never going to be. That's the thing. That's why I get in so much trouble. That's why I have no friends outside of you and Ted. Like, that's why, because. Uh, I don't know about I, Ted either. I, I know. Ted waivers sometimes. Yeah. I never know. I never, I honestly never know what Ted's thinking. Any day, any point in time, I will never know what is in his mind. It, it could go either way. Ted's like having a, a pet tiger. You know, it's just a matter of time. You know, it's, you know, it's going off. Cuddly and sweet. And mm-hmm. then eventually it's going to rip your jugular out. Oh, kind of like my cat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Dexter Kitty. Yeah. Uh, starts and sits for this week, Ray Flowers. So, you know, a, a couple of um, notes on, on this week. Obviously, uh, the big news from coming out of week five was the loss of Dak Prescott, how that affects the Dallas Cowboys offense, how that, uh, what, how to value Andy Dalton all week long. I've been talking Dalton up. I think Dalton is a very capable replacement. He doesn't give you the running ability that Dak did, obviously, so you got to take that off. But this Cowboy defense isn't going to be better. It's not going to happen. And 
thus they're going to be in a lot of deficit situations or have to either catch up or stay ahead of their opponents. And that means a lot of pass attempts for Dalton with this talented receiving core that they have. And even Zeke Elliott as an extension of that, I think Andy Dalton's going to put up QB one type numbers, right? Are you worried Jeff about the offensive line and the injuries and all that? Because you know, Dalton, like you mentioned, he's just not, he's not as athletic Mm -hmm. as Prescott was. And, you know, talk to us more about the offensive line, because as we all know here, at Fantasy Guru, that's a huge part of what they're trying to do on that side of the football. They've lost the left tackle, Tyron Smith, all pro, one of the best in the business for the season with a neck injury. Travis Frederick, their starting center, one of the best in the business, retired before the season started. One of the best right tackles, Lael Collins, was lost for the season there as well. So a lot, a lot, a lot uh, of losses. And once one of the best offensive lines of football now has Zach Martin, the best right guard in the game playing tackle, which he hasn't done since high school. So it is a major problem. You're right. The only thing is that it's just a matter of volume. I don't think the efficiency will be there because of the, uh, and this is, we were telling people slow down and sell high on Dak and Zeke before mm-hmm. you know when Dak was healthy now it, it kind of goes the opposite way like all right well the volume's going to be there the efficiency won't of course the running ability there's not every you don't start Dalton in every matchup the way you would have with Dak but I still think we're just going to see an abundance of volume 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 and the Cooper Gallup C.D. Lamb even Zeke Dalton Schultz who they've had a you know a nice little bump here with all of these weapons can take a short pass make a big gain out of it and, and keep Dalton sort of above water. So yeah, he's, he's definitely one of those guys. I think the offensive line issues along with the defensive issues really hurt Zeke. I think Zeke's the guy that's hurt the most for, for one, not having the RPO threat with Dak Prescott, you know, taking that linebacker, that one linebacker that follows Dak as opposed to pitching out to Zeke. That is, that, that's a, those are huge gain. That's at least one, to possibly two big game chunk yardage that is lost, not having that element. Also the, the overall threat of Dak Prescott and the relationship he had downfield with his receivers, that's going to bring safeties up into the box. That's going to bring linebackers up in the box and cheating and zone coverage when they face it. So all that I think has a much more negative effect on Zeke than it does to Dalton. Although you know, Dalton's not going to be in, in Dak Prescott range. So uh, I like that. And I think it starts this week against Arizona. I've got Dalton as a top 12 option this week, Ray. Yeah. And I, I, I write the buy sell piece uh, on Tuesdays for fantasy guru. And yeah. I almost threw Elliot in there this week. And the reason I didn't is because I didn't want to have to write 1500 words. Like I'm, I didn't want to just write about six players. You know what I mean? It's like, I wanted to touch on a bunch of guys, but for the reasons that you laid out more eloquently than I would have in an article, I was going to put Elliot on that list too. Um, but then I know what would have happened. I would have had to have been so nuanced with it because everyone would have then said, oh, Ray Flowers, he's saying that Ezekiel Elliott's not any good and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think that the, the case that you made there, let's just clarify it for the listeners, Jeff. Yeah. Are you saying I'm concerned about Ezekiel Elliott? I've recommended selling high on Ezekiel Elliott. Are you now saying he's running back 20? Now you're saying he's running back eight? Like, and, I, and again, I know this is not the exact number that you, you have like in your ranking yeah. system, but where is he still a running back one or is he running back two now? He's a running back one still just because it is the offense and he's been involved pretty heavily involved in the passing game too. And, and oh, well, let's also fa- face this. Remember how we said uh, a half hour ago when we we're bitching about the sites, how, how the COVID, how COVID-19 affects 
the entirety of what we do? Mm-hmm. Well, injuries do. I mean, when you don't have Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, everybody's alley bumps up, 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 up. All of a sudden, James Robinson becomes RB1 adjacent, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, and so Zeke Elliott is one of, if not the most valuable commodity. He's not in danger of splitting carries or sharing or any of that stuff. So um, in that regard, he's still got value. But that consistency is likely gone. That major ups, the huge games. Uh, you know, he doesn't uh, have 100 yards rushing yet this year, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he does. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's got 100 total. But uh, if it did, it was week one. What, what did he have in week one? Because that was his, his best outing, I know. If he, if he got one, that was it. But he, either way. Either way, look at the stats now. Yeah, uh, no, 96. 96. All right, so there we go. Um, if you can get Zeke Elliott prices or return for this version of him, you should do it. You owe it to yourself to explore it. If people are going to downgrade him because of the offensive line and no Dak then too, then you're better off holding. So, you know, it's all about if you can get a – package of players like Zeke Elliott normally would give you two to three every week starters essentially so if you were able to go get Jonathan Taylor and uh you know and another P Justin Jefferson maybe or you know in the low end or you know somebody Tyler Boyd or something like that then yeah go ahead and do it but if you're going out and you're getting David Montgomery and uh, Marvin Jones yeah, Preston Williams or something. Yeah. Like, no, then then you pass on it, obviously, at that regard. By the way, Ray Flowers, we do have breaking news on a podcast. Look at us. Oh, oh look at that, Jeff. Look oh, we at got this. Sons of bitches, man. We got it. Le'Veon Bell cut by the New York Jets, signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. But, Jeff. Whoa. Uh-oh. Clyde Edwards hilarious the bomb, I thought. What happened? But, Jeff. Oh, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, so that's expected. This is happening as we speak, um, that Bell is expected to sign with the Chiefs after being released from the Jets. So this, obviously, this is a big impact to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But Jeff! I know, fifth fifth overall pick. Guy we told you, I just couldn't value him. A rookie is a rookie is a rookie. Our friend Lenny Melnick always says that, and, you know, he's not – He's not wrong. You don't know what you're getting. Some rookies have amazing seasons. You know, there's guys who set all kinds of records. Uh, uh, Chris Coglin, remember him? Old rookie of the year for the Marlins, Ray Flowers, back in baseball. I remember. Yep. Remember? Great rookie season. Mm-hmm. Drew Walton. I mean, and in football, it happens too. You get great rookie seasons, and then they go away. Or they have great expectations as a rookie, which is far more familiar, and they never live up to that. And Edwards Hilaire has had problems, real problems, catching the football, converting short yardage, red zone slash green zone. He's had, I believe, the most green zone touches of any NFL running back, and he has the least amount of touchdowns to show for it. That is a problem, you know, and it's not a problem where, oh, it's just bad luck, which is what everybody thinks. What it is is he's five foot eight. I mean, that's a problem. He's a smaller scat back running back in the open field he's electric but it's kind of like one of those things don't forget barry sanders had the most lost yardage of any running back in nfl history i believe it's when you have the big runs you also have very 
you know, you also lose a lot of yards and have problems too. So obviously the chiefs have been, they've been doing so much shuffle passes, jet sweeps inside the five yard line, all this tomfoolery when they get close to the end zone, that's kept Clyde Edwards Hilaire out. And now and we've all been, a, if, those of us with a brain have been able to speculate, well, this is a problem. They don't trust him where the Clyde Edwards Hilaire truthers are like, no, oh, it's fine. They're just, it's random and it'll, it'll positively regress and all that. Nope. They have a problem with him, which is why they went out and just signed Le'Veon frickin' Bell. Yeah. Edward Tolera, and, and we talked about this right before the show, completely unprepared for the, what just happened because, again, this is breaking news. But mm-hmm. um, you had Clyde Edward Tolera at number 12 at the running back position in your final preseason rankings. Mm-hmm. And based upon what I'm looking at right now, he's 12th at the position. Yes, he is. Yes, okay. he is. And um, this, this is eerily similar to David Johnson multiple years ago. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. I think yes. you had David Johnson at 12 and he was 11, or you had him at 10 and he was 11 at the end of the year. Right. And th- this, this goes back to what, we, what anyone should understand, in my opinion, about rookie players is that there's a lot of volatility. There are players in the Hall of Fame that weren't very good their first season. All right? That's, this is how this game works. And when you looked at this season and you looked at the uncertainty of this year, you looked at COVID, you looked at lack of training camp and all that, to think that a rookie's going to come in and just take the world on fire immediately was aggressive. Now, taking that player, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, moving him into the top 10, not the running back position, overall, top 10 picks in the draft was bonkers. Yes. Just bonkers. You said it. I said it. All preseason. The performance to date justified what we said and now the decision by the team goes to exactly what you said jeff that the chiefs understand that well we've got a good player here he's not a guy that should be carrying it 25 times a week he's not a player that should be utilized in all scenarios if they had you know if they didn't lose what's his face who am i blanking on they lost to covid uh the the running back um damian williams damian Damian williams Williams, damian williams hadn't gone down he would be involved right now they don't have damian williams they went out and made a movie get let bell and uh, this is a situation where now all of a sudden Lev Bell, who was seeing great times and fantasy MVP type numbers in Pittsburgh and goes to New York in a terrible system, shits the bed there, gets spit out of there. Nobody gives a shit. Now he's going to go to Kansas City. And Ray, what do you, what's he going to do in Kansas City, do you think? Good question. Lev Bell is not – he's not – he's got that – patient style of running that everyone loves to talk about but it, it doesn't always work <laughs> um yeah. and he, he statistically has not been a anything other than a league average runner for a while now people people need to remember someone asked me a question on twitter today you know what do we do with lev bell with these rumors and everything i'm like i've been out of lev bell for three years and i haven't regretted a second of it not a second not a second and it's so what does he do now that's a big question because we know we can catch passes we know that you're talking about all the ways they were trying to uh, diversify the offense and the plays they were running and all that. He's going to obviously come in and have a role. Does he take on the lead role, Jeff? Do you think they do, do you think they go to the point where Lev Bell's now touching it 15 times a week, or is he getting you know five to eight carries and getting you know five or six targets a week? What do you think? We saw the exact same blueprint last year with Lashawn McCoy and Andy Reid, and you know they needed a running back, and they went and then McCoy. I said this at the beginning of the season. And I got fought with, and everybody uh, you know, just went nuts on me. 
McCoy was there to be the lead back. You don't bring him in unless he's the lead back. And Damian Williams was there at the time. And what happened? Damian Williams was the lead guy for the first two weeks. McCoy got acclimated and then boom, McCoy was the lead back. Now that lead back only lasts a couple weeks because he broke down, got hurt, went out. And then by that time, Damian Williams started having great games and eventually McCoy was an afterthought. But it did happen. We can't. That's that's why paying attention every single week and being on top, having your thumb on the pulse of the NFL is important because that's what happened. And I think that happens here too. Listen, Edwards Hilaire is their future. It's a different scenario because Damian Williams they didn't have a lot invested in. They did give Damian Williams some money last year, not a lot, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they drafted Darwin Thompson last year. They drafted Edwards Hilaire in the first round. Now, Chiefs want to win a Super Bowl this year. And they think Le'Veon Bell's the guy to do it. It is going to be a backfield split in Kansas City. I'm very, I'm very sure. I don't think Edwards Hilaire goes away at all because of the first round investment. But Le'Veon Bell is going to get every chance to run away with the lead role. And even if it's not the lead role, even if it's the not the most touches, the most in touch, the most important or valuable, let's say, touches for a running back in fantasy football are what, Ray? What are the two most ways they score the majority of their points? Green zone work and uh, cheap stuff in the passing game. Absolutely. What does Le'Veon Bell bring to the table? Red zone prowess or green zone prowess, which Edward Soler obviously wasn't even getting. That's done. That's Le'Veon is the lead, is the back for that. And cheap passing down work. Those targets receptions because that's where bell bell is like a receiver when he was coming out of michigan state they thought was pittsburgh was going to make him a receiver that was an actual thought for real now it seems ridiculous now that was what they thought well he's taller than most running backs he's got unbelievable hands that's what he's going to do so he's going to immediately chomp away the most valuable pieces of clyde edwards hilaire and that's what you're left with you're going to left with all the remaining so maybe he gets 10 to 12 carries a game Clyde Edwards Hilaire maybe but they're not going to be he's going to have to break them to in order to become valuable and that's uh obviously a major major uh, problem so great news for Lev Bell owners and those who held him it's un, it's the best possible landing spot you could have even thought of so that's great it's the absolute nut worst outcome for Clyde Edwards, uh, Hilaire owners though. So. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, I talk about this every year and I know you do too, but I really focus on it. Whether we're talking baseball or football, it's that first round. Mm-hmm. It's all anyone ever wants to talk about. First round, right. first round, first round. First, sometimes they want to talk about the second round. They get crazy. I want to talk. And I always say, we need to go bigger than that. Just look at what's happened in the first round. Christian McCaffrey, injury. Saquon Barkley, injury. Dalvin Cook, injury. Michael Thomas, injury and fight. Uh, Joe Mac- Mixon's disappointed. Some, some, you know, he had one great game, but overall has been slightly disappointing. Devontae Adams has been hurt. Kenyon Drake has been a mess. I mean, Austin Eckler is hurt. Now Clyde Edwards, Edwards-Hilaire. Those are the top 15 picks. Two-thirds yes. of them. Two-thirds of them already we're a third of the way through the season already disappointments. I just, I can't get past the idea that I, we need to, as an industry, get past that, Jeff. It's all anyone ever wants to talk about before the season begins. It's, uh, and uh, I, I am okay. I'll talk about whatever everybody wants to talk about. But I think to your point, that if that's all you want to talk about, then get it right. Like, stop 
with the stop the speculation in the first and second round. Stop it. Like all the everybody wants to be a hero. I agree with your your premise and your point that we should we should really talk more later round picks and mid round. That's where the that's where seasons are won. Mm-hmm. Where you get a guy is you know in the late mid to late rounds. That is what puts you over the top. Having Justin Jefferson, the player, you know, something that massive. people weren't really in on. Robbie Anderson. Robbie I mean, Anderson. It's a league example. winner. Yep. League winner. Yep. And uh, so that those are huge. But if you're going to talk first round, fine. Let's get it right, though. Stop with the, God, the fucking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Stop with driving up these prices. Every Kyler Murray last year, it was the wrong move. It was the wrong move. And it, I, it but... Everybody wants to just shine their knob like on all fucking August long. Oh, I'm going to get Edward Hilaire. Oh, Kyler Murray. Oh, whatever new guy. Oh, wherever change places. It's, it's, it's always a rookie or it's always a player on a new team mm-hmm. or at the very last, it's a guy who excelled in the last four games when nobody else cared at the end of the previous season. I'm looking at you, Ken and Drake. You know what I mean? That, those are always, it's always those kind of players. But meanwhile, the real good Derrick Henry, who's not doing well this year, is a good first-round pick. Not sexy, not anything extraordinary, but he's third in yards in rushing yards this season. He is, was he, f- uh, fifth in uh, um, uh, 95 and one a week. Yeah, t- and week. fifth in touchdowns so far this this season. He's 12th in fantasy points scored, which isn't, and he's had a, rough time in a PPR even. So he, you know, he only has six receptions all year, but he's producing and he never goes away. You know, that's what I mean. And so it wasn't a sexy pick, but it was the right pick. Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs are right up there too. So uh, yeah, we need to do a better job overall, but I'm just uh, absolutely fascinated uh, by that one. It's just, uh, well, you know, the, the part that upsets me a little, Jeff, if I can take it, back oh, to us is that people will now use this as an excuse for why the pick of Edward Slayer didn't work. They'll say, Oh, it's because Lev Bell got brought in mm-hmm. and they won't learn their lesson on do the exact same thing again in 2021. Yes, they will. They will absolutely do that exact same thing. And, uh, and they won't ever look back because you know why, right? You know why it is. It's they're all protected by groupthink. Mm, totally. They're protected. Yep. That because everybody thought it, as long as everybody thinks it, then nobody's going to talk about how miserable of a fucking failure it was, you know? And then it's us, you and I sit out here like, yeah, it was terrible. And we're going to let you know about it because you need to, you need to feel the sting. If you don't feel the sting of being wrong, then you'll never learn your lesson. You'll never, if you don't feel the sting and the pain of bad analysis, you'll never ascend to good analysis. It just won't happen. It's like anything. I, I, if I declare myself the strongest person in the world and I go smack John Cena in his face and he, you know, cracks my spine and flosses with it, you know, and if, if he, if he starts crying or nothing happens, then I don't learn my lesson. If he uses my spine as a, a toothpick, then he, then I learn my lesson. Oh, I, maybe I won't do that. Maybe I'm not strong anymore. You know, so. Anyways, uh, that's the deal. Uh, again, real time breaking news on the podcast. Love that. That's the thing. That's, yeah, that's huge. News story, baby. That's that. how it's done. What does that pageant? That's how you do it. Um, let's go through other, some uh, other week six uh, stardom and sit here, Ray Flowers, and uh, get your thoughts on these guys. Um, 
Matt Stafford. I talked about Andy Dalton. Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan. Both top 12 options for me at the quarterback position. Your thoughts on both of those guys? Stafford, I, I, I understand. I'm a little disappointed where we're at with, with Marvin Jones at the moment as an owner of him, um, but I have no problem with that. I think the Matt Ryan one is interesting because we continue to get the, um, the, the no-go at practice and all that with Julio Jones. Um, we have to figure the, you know, the, the GM and the head coach are gone. Does, you assume that's going to inspire people, but how does that change things on the field or does it? Um, you look at the matchup with the Vikings and you, you can't have one that's much better I mean, the Vikings are allowing 1.8 touchdowns a, a game to the wide receiver. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're just, they're, they're abysmal. Their defensive backfield's a disaster. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to go with Ryan because he's looking an awful lot like Matt, uh, Daniel Jones statistically. But given everything, I'd be firing him up again too, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to. You know, it's just, uh, it's not going to stay down forever. And I mean, quarterbacks with bad, defenses right they're they're golden they throw it as, 40 times a week yeah, yeah I mean, exactly every yeah. single week and is that very often they're going to be dealing with a uh, double digit lead you know so yeah. that's just not likely to happen um elsewhere other guys that uh, i say get them in your starting lineups here this week uh, david montgomery we love the matchup against carolina we like uh, what about kenyon drake Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. Hmm. I have Drake as a start. You got to keep trotting them out there, mm-hmm. at least for the time being. We kind of see the writing on the wall that Chase Edmonds is going to take over this backfield prob- sooner rather than later. But for the time being, I, I just got to I just got to push Drake out there unless you had significantly better options. Yeah, he's boring, and he's not involved in the passing game. So he's kind of the anti-Lev Bell, right? It's like he's not getting any of the cheap points at all, and he's not doing much on the ground other than rushing for you know 60 yards a week. But Edmonds doesn't touch the ball. I mean, and you know, you can say whatever you want about Kenyon Drake. You you look at the you know the Kenyon Drake had 18 carries last week. Edmonds has 19 carries all season. Like you know, and so he. He's a, you know, he's Jalen Richard. He's Theo Riddick. He's Tariq Cohen. Like that's kind of, and maybe he's in a better spot than those guys were, but his game is completely about catching passes at this point. And maybe he does take over the backfield because of Drake's relative struggles and because of his uninvolvement in the passing game. But I think at this point, you, you, you hit it correctly on the head here, Jeff. I think Kenyon Drake is settling into Lamar Miller territory, meaning that you don't want to ever really play the guy. And at the end of the season, he's running back 21 and you should have been playing him every week. Right, 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 right. Exactly. I mean, like we talked about earlier, it is uh, constantly, you know, the, the <laughs> what we're expecting out of running backs are less and less and less. The more these guys go down, the more backfields that are split up. And, you know, it just becomes bigger and bigger headache. And it drives value up. The mediocre guys ascend to every week starters. And that's where we're at, unfortunately, with uh, – with fortunately or unfortunate with Kenny Drake, even though it's frustrating, we're not getting what we thought, but we have to reevaluate what we thought of those guys. Other players that are must starts this week. I don't think anybody, you mentioned Justin Jefferson before. I don't think anybody's going to argue that point, right? I think, uh, you know, a tremendous matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, Falcons defense, they're shuffling their corners around. They just mm-hmm. fired their defensive minded head coach and Dan Quinn and defense coordinator Raheem Morris is been uh, put in as the interim head coach there, but uh, still a terrible defense. I don't, 
expect any major changes this week against the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, you can get rid of the front office. You can get rid of the coach. All that. The players are still who the players are, right? It's like it's always easier to go after everyone else but the players and not saying that schemes and changes can't be made there, but they've got players that just are not performing, and I don't think that changes merely because the coach is gone. It does not. So we like Jefferson. Obviously, Adam Thielen is in there too. Uh, other guys, you know, I think Mike Gusecki. I'm not a Mike Gusecki guy by any uh, – don't, don't fool yourself. I don't like him, and I've been pretty much on him uh, right all season until you want to fade when the right time to fade is and use him in the right time it is to uh, use him. But I think this one against the New York Jets, you fire him up. It's so hard with Gusecki because even when he doesn't do anything really – you still see a great effort. Like last week, you know, you saw the athleticism, yeah. the 70 yard catch. He makes, he's making one handed catches. He poses mismatches. And it's just a matter of, you know, the, the Dolphins getting him the ball for an offense that's had as much success as they have. It's rather shocking that Gusecki's gone in and out um, from week to week. But I agree with you. I think that, you know, it goes back to what you're all saying about the running back. When you look at the tight end group, it's like, can you find 15 guys that are better each week? It's very hard to do that. Very, very difficult. It's just not uh, – there's not that many consistent performers at that yep. position. You know, that's why in DFS we pay up quite considerably uh, whenever we can at least. Uh, not other Zach Ertz. Not uh, – what do you do with Ertz? Yeah. I mean, that's I, a question a lot of people ask me. I was high on him. Mm-hmm. I remain in on Zach Ertz, but I – you know – what, what are your thoughts? What do you do with Zach Ertz? Yeah, and I unfortunately, and we talked about this too, I went with a different strategy this year in fantasy, and I have Zach Ertz everywhere. And it's like, God damn it. The one time yeah. I go tight end early, you know. Yeah. Um, and I wrote about Ertz in the buy-sell piece on Tuesday. I think you have to keep him because the guy's got 15 yards the last two weeks. Only a shark is going to come take him from you. They're going to make you some offer that you're not going to be happy with because Ertz will rebound. The question is, how far will he rebound? I mean, you look at... Jeffrey can't get on the field. Deshaun Jackson can't get on the field. Goddard can't get on the field. The offensive line is bad. Ertz's is play is moderate. I mean, they're, they're going to, you know, Fulgham and Ward and like all these random guys. But at some point, these things have to get better. I was struck by an article that I referenced in that piece, Jeff, that uh, Doug Peterson basically said, we need to do a better job. And then said, you know, Zach Ertz needs to do a better job. And I'm thinking to myself, you're calling the plays. Ertz is running the plays you're calling. Why can other teams get their players open, but you can't get Ertz open? Is that Ertz's fault? Is he all of a sudden bad out of the break now or his hands failing him? No. So I, I don't think you can move on from him. I think you still fire him up. Because, again, I don't think the trademark is there for him. But I don't, I just, I don't know what they're doing in Philadelphia. It's, it's, I don't know where the 560 every week is, is, Jeff. I don't know why it's not there. My theory on it is there's bad blood between Ertz and the organization. The contract? It's, Yes, that's what I think because mm. I have looked like you. I'm very invested in Ertz emotionally and uh, in my fantasy teams. And I like I, his wife. She seems pretty cool. She's a uh, smoke, absent smoke show. But yeah, the thing with Ertz is getting in open. That's not a problem. He's constantly open. He's not getting the ball. And like you said, we're going to Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham. What is happening? Ertz is open and he's open in and around the chains all the time. Third downs. And it used to be automatic. Just pick up the first downs and move. For some reason, I don't know. Carson Wentz just suddenly forgot how to play football. 
and what he's done each of the last couple of years. Um, Wentz used to bludgeon Zach Ertz, pick up first down, get fresh sets, and then throw the deep ball. Then try it. Then when he can't, go underneath, set up the short passing game, and you know get Ertz, get Sanders or Miles Sanders, whoever's catch the ball, get them close, get in third and manageable, convert, then take your shots there. That was the offense. And that's not the offense anymore. Now it's deep shot, deep shot, deep shot, deep shot, deep shot, deep shot. Deep. That's all they're doing. And they're not connecting on any of them. So it's, it's horrible. It's really bad to watch. So something else is happening. My opinion is that here's what I think. If I'm right, this is how it will go. Dallas Goddard will be back in about a week, week to two weeks. When he comes back, you're going to all of a sudden see the offense start moving the ball better. And it's going to be fucking Dallas Goddard constantly. They are done with Hurts. They don't want to pay him. They don't want to inflate his numbers. They don't. Just, something has been said there, and it's happened. Because I'm watching it, and he's open. So Goddard's going to come back. Goddard's going to be the guy. Okay. And then the offense is going to be a little bit better and set up those. He'll have better. Wentz will be better on those deep balls because you'll have shown that you're not just going to air it out every single freaking time. And oh, by the way. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rieger all will be back eventually here too. Oh, so. I left Rieger out too. Yeah, so many yeah, people injured. Another guy, yeah, that's why Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward. No, no, don't even bother with those kind of guys. Not worth it whatsoever. Um, some players that should be on your bench. How about this one will, won't sit well because we had Tuesday night football, Ray. Ryan Tannehill, bench. Great matchup against the Texans. I get it. I get everything about it. Bench. What do you think? I feel like he's a trap as yes. an analyst. That's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. He, they don't throw the ball. They don't run plays, you know, through the air. And every week he's throwing two touchdown passes. It, mm-hmm. it, it goes back to last season. It's one of the things everyone hit on in the off season. And you look at this year and, you know, 24 passes, 28 passes. In the two games he's thrown less than 30 passes, he has seven touchdown passes. Like it's <laughs> – at some point you can't do it, but at some point you got to tip your cap that it's happening, sure. right? It's like um, the matchup is a good one, but I agree with you. I just I look at him and you know to play at this level of quarterback after all the years of mediocrity with Miami and then losing yes. your job, like you, you don't really become Russell Wilson, do you? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. So it's I added him in one league where he was on waivers this week. Uh, because it's a super flex, it's a oh, it's a one QB league, and I had Philip Rivers, and it's like, right. well, Philip oh, Rivers okay. is terrible. Sure. So, I spent four dollars out of a hundred, and no one else bid. So, <laughs> I don't know if people weren't paying attention, or if everyone just looks at it the same way we're talking about. Yeah, I'm out on him, even though it's a great match. He's just not in the top twelve, like you said. If you had Philip Rivers, you make that change, sure, absolutely. Especially this week against Houston, there's no problems there. But if you're asking me guys who aren't performing as well, like Matt Ryan, uh, Drew Brees, I know not this week because he's out, but you know, those type of players, I'm going to always gravitate to the Matt Ryan. I'm always going to, I'll go Andy Dalton. I'll go Matt Ryan. I'm going to go there. Volume matters. Like you can't just be so few rush or a pass attempts and it all work out for you. you. You can't do it. It's not, it doesn't happen. The uh, uh, Titans are, what, 25th in pass attempts, I think, this season, yet 7th in passing touchdowns. And, and I know last season they did very similar. That's just not 
it's not going to keep going. It never will keep going. I promise everybody it won't. And it's, I know over the last 16 games, he had a 36 to six. I know, I know all the things you're saying and I don't give a shit. It's just not going to happen. 32 years old out in in a very fundamental basic offense that revolves around the running game with a uh, offensive line that has been banged up. Most of the year, Isaiah Wilson still hasn't played it. I don't think they, and a guy who has had two knee surgeries, by the way, and he, he ran a touchdown on two knee surgeries. That's not going to go well, right? We're seeing it is Jimmy Garoppolo is like 28 years old and he's, you know, one ACL and he's busted every two minutes. So no, I, I'm never going to go there. There's no sense in that. And if you're playing DFS, if you're one week, don't have to make a commitment. That's where you use your Ryan Tannehill. You're happy at a discount price and move along. But to think you're going to win championships with him, no, no freaking way. It's just not going to happen. He's well outside the top, outside of my top 12 uh, here this week. Uh, other players here at the running back position, uh, a couple. I mean, what I gave Mark Ingram up until last week, right? And yeah. that's it. And now it's over. Like, I can't, I can't keep trotting him out there. It's not a terrible matchup, although Philly's run defense uh, much better than their pass defense. I can't start Ingram with any good confidence. Yeah, the, the offense has not been the same this year for this team. Um, you know, if you take week one away, Lamar Jackson's averaging like mm. 168 yards passing a week. Yes. And he's running, his attempts are like half of last year. His yardage is like, you know, five to eights of last year. Like this, he's not up to par in terms of what he did last season. And if you look at the rushing attack, I mean, Edwards, 34 carries, 45 carries for Ingram. Then you've got Dobbins down at 16, but he leads the, the group of runners and catches. So they've almost got a three-headed monster going here, and it's been successful. I mean, what, what's the group averaging? Six yards a carry? Like, okay, I mean, you can't, can't complain with it from a team perspective, but there's just no consistency here. There's no volume here. Ingram had 11 carries last week. It's the most a running back has had for that team this season, Jeff. Yeah. I agree with you. I was in the, I want this on record is that I was right about Mark Ingram's work last week. I, I knew I figured out how they use the running backs. All right. And I knew it was a Mark Ingram week, but it didn't go anywhere. And that's the problem. The problem is dug through it. I, I did days of research on this. Went back to last, you know, previous couple of years of Greg Roman and usage and how, granted, I had to guess as how he used three opposed to two running backs and still got it right and still got it wrong. <laughs> That's the problem. It's even if you get it, you're, you're just, you're hoping for a, what I would call a luck box touchdown. That's the only thing that's going to give Ingram any kind of value. And that's not good. He's not targeted in the passing game. He's not there. It's not happening. He's got Lamar to contend with. He's got the other guy. It's just not happening. So uh, obviously stay away from that. Uh, other players to bench here this week, Chase Claypool bench him against Cleveland. I understand that if Deontay Johnson is out, which he returned to practice today in a limited capacity, then we could make a case and then Claypool's back in the mix. But I need people to understand last week, if you didn't start him, if you didn't have him, it's over. You're never getting it back. He probably acquired 80% of his entire season worth of fantasy points in one week. That's possible. 
it's possible that he, he, the Johnson goes down or Juju goes down or Washington goes down and he gets more and more. Sure. But that guy we saw last week is just not who you're going to get, Ray. Yeah. And I think that people need to understand, and you can refute this doesn't sound like you will, but Washington and Juju are the one and twos here. I mean, excuse me, um, yeah. Johnson and Juju are the number one and twos here. It's Claypool and Washington who are going to vie for that third spot. Even last week, Washington did play one more snap than Claypool. You know, even last week, Washington did run more routes than Claypool. So, eh, you know, it's not like you said, there, there are certainly scenarios in which Claypool could be a monster the rest of the season, but I wouldn't be placing that bet this week, especially if Johnson's on the field. Absolutely. Deontay, I was calling, I think Deontay may be the number one there. That's what I was yeah. saying before he got hurt, because I think he's the Antonio Brown. The routes that he's running lines up almost identical to what Antonio Brown did. And the targets and target share is lining up not quite on AB's level because he had a bigger ego and all that, but it's right there. So I think Deontay ain't going anywhere. That's my theory on that one, at least. And uh, Claypool, I love Claypool. He was my number two receiver going into the NFL draft this season. I mean, it's documented at Fantasy Guru. It's, uh, you know, we never stop talking fantasy football. So anyway, uh, other guys, A.J. Green, I, I can't start him until he gets traded or released or something, right? It's Yeah, he, he said he's going to play through the hamstring injury, but I totally agree with you. Who cares at this point? Not even about the hamstring anymore. It's about his effort and just – you know, that teammates don't forget that shit. Like they don't forget you just not caring, asking, you know, telling everybody you're sitting out half of a game in which you obviously could have played through after you gave up an interception, didn't try to make a tackle. And then you're telling everybody on the sidelines in an open mic that you want to be traded. Like that's nah, nah, that's not you. There's no coming back from that. In my opinion, I've supported him long enough. Um, Real quick, other situations, we'll we're, we're give some survivor, picks and my bet of the week and upsets and all that stuff as we always do we've already gone way over our time thus far but i wanted to get one more thing off my chest right and that is a player to buy low on right now i did give this out on the sirius xm show so uh those who heard that know exactly who i'm about to talk about but i have a theory and my theory is that um deandre swift is about to break out for the Detroit Lions. It's about to be the DeAndre Swift show. And uh, I, I think it's it's right now, as people are listening to this, it is time, go and get him now on the lowest because I don't think it may it will be the price any lower than it is right now. And if he shits the bed this week, still go out and get him for even lower price if you fail to. Well, and I, I've talked about this on Sirius myself, Jeff. It's like, I don't understand what the coaching staff is doing here. Um, you've got Carrion Johnson, who may be nothing other than a spare piece, maybe. Okay. But you've got DeAndre Swift, who you invested in, who you brought in to take the lead. You've got Adrian Peterson, who does nothing other than get what's blocked. You've got Adrian Peterson, who's doing nothing but blocking the development of younger players. And you've got Adrian Peterson doing nothing at all to lead your team to victories. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me, especially with all the off the field stuff with Peterson. It's, you know, I just, I don't get it. To me, this seems like a choice of an offense. And going back to last year, they did this too. They had six different starting running backs last year to the Lions. I wish they would just, like you're saying, give it to the guy they were planning on giving it to when they drafted instead of wasting time by blocking with Adrian Peterson. DeAndre Swift was the, uh, for, you know, 
all this talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? We just got through talking about it. And the hype from Clyde Edwards Hilaire is in part because he was Kansas City, of course. And I understand that. The other part is that he was a first-round pick. Well, DeAndre Swift was three picks later. Three picks. That's it. That's it. And most people had Swift way over Hilaire going into the draft, most talent evaluators and all that. So that's the kind of talent we're talking about. We're talking about a guy who would be a first-round pick in every NFL draft before 2018 when people started realizing running backs don't matter anymore. And he's only three picks behind Hilaire. And, oh, by the way, there's other things here. Number one, the reason I say to go pick him up now, Ray, is that he's coming off a bye week. This mm-hmm. is when those moves are usually made. Right. During, they evaluate the first four weeks. Five, fifth week, they sat around and said, okay, what do we need to do? We need to be more electric on offense. I'm sure that's why I think Stafford's a good investment, especially against Jacksonville this week. We're going to see all of that. I'm pretty strong in my beliefs that we'll see a rebound from this offense. They know they need to open up the offense. And how better to open up the offense and stop using a 52-year-old running back that's trudging around and start using a guy who can get to the edge and and make big plays, chunk plays, large plays. That's what we need in Detroit. By the way, another thing that our research has shown us is Detroit Lions, their offensive line – Ninth in pro football focus and run blocking. Third, or I'm sorry, in pass blocking. Third in run blocking, according to pro football focus. Fifth in win rate, according to ESPN. Uh, fifth in the Jeff Mann's uh, offensive line grading system, which I have not published anywhere yet because it's in its uh, beta right now. It's my second year doing it, and I'm pretty strong in my feelings. And uh, again, matched what ESPN's win rate was. And then they're also... Uh, 11th in adjusted line yards, according to football outsiders. This is a good offensive line all of a sudden. Kudos to my guy, Ted Schuster, who pointed this out before the season, had it in his write-up over at Fantasy Gear, said, oh, the line's pretty freaking good. Offensive line, like, what are you talking about? Get out of here, you know. Get out of Ted, you you chain-smoking son of a bitch. And uh, sure enough, Ted's been right. So you get that combined with, as I mentioned, the, the bye week that I think, all right, a real uh, positive situation here. And you get a matchup, which a positive game script against Jacksonville Jaguars here as well, right? De- dead last in DVOA and overall defense, according to pro- our, uh, football outsiders, uh, 20th in DVOA against the run. Uh, I-, I think this is a real positive environment for not just a solid DeAndre Swift game, but a game in which he could absolutely break out, meaning gets a- 100-plus yardage, a long touchdown run, maybe a couple catches. And this will be the week that we all, oh, shit, and everybody after this week is going to want DeAndre Swift. That's the way I see this week playing out. That's why you got to get him now before. And you get him for nothing, for just nothing. Nobody cares. I have been asked 25 times this week, should I cut DeAndre Swift or Cam Akers or, you know, all Mm -hmm. that group of running backs and all these rookies that haven't panned out? I'm telling you, Swift will be the first one to break out, and it's happening this week. Uh, there's every reason to think. I mean, the opportunity's there. Um, the Jaguars are not a good defense. They allowed the eighth most PPR points to running back position. You went through, you know, the bye week, what that could do. We all should be able to see with our eyes what has happened. Um, let's hope that that's a decision that's made. But you're right. This is, again, you always talk about it. Play it forward. Yes. Like, don't be reactionary. If you're reactionary, you're just part of the herd. Play it forward. 
need to look forward. Take the rearview mirror off, except when driving. Don't even look in the back. Don't look at what oh Claypool four touchdowns. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. What next? That only points that are available to you anymore are the ones ahead. All the points in the rear view are gone. Sweep them away like dust in the garage. Get get over it. It's done. Um, all right. So that, that's uh, the breakout player of the week that I, I wanted to talk about here on the show as well. Give a couple final thoughts here, Ray. Uh, survivor pools. I've been hot on survivors. Still in our company one over at uh, fantasyguru.com. I'm one of – we started with 30 people. I know you weren't in that one, though. Right? No, you wasn't. weren't in it. I was not. Um, but – you know, 30 of us were, and only six people left. <laughs> wow. Five yeah. weeks. That's what yeah. kind of season it's been. So, so it's been good. However, Ray, this is a tough week. This one is rough because the direction to go here just isn't quite – we don't have that two-touchdown point spread game here this week. We've got the – Indianapolis Colts that are eight point favorites mm-hmm. against the Cincinnati Bengals was solid little option there. Obviously we got the Ravens traveling to Philadelphia Ravens. It looked okay. Philly has kind of jumped up in positive situations and, and, you know, beat the 49ers when they shouldn't have and whatnot. So that game intimidates me a little bit as well. Are there any other games that you think we should be in consideration here, Ray? Boy, I'm Colts and Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at this list and I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a tough week. Um, I, you know, we were joking before the, we were joking before the show started. I actually have the best record, uh, just straight pick them um, on staff right now. Humble brag. Humble brag. For you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I looking at this week, you know, a lot of times they're easy and they're kind of, you know, snap decisions you make this week was, was much more difficult. Um, I, I do like, you know, the Colts against the Bengals this week, but um I don't know, Jeff. I, I I don't have one that sticks out to me that I feel great about either. Well, here this is gonna this is gonna really uh, bother you. Uh-oh. What if I told you Uh-oh. I've already used Baltimore and Indianapolis and Tennessee <laughs> this season because mm-hmm. in my survivor pool that I've already used those in mine. So I'm sure if people are, are following me, you probably used those guys already to get this far. So that that is different. Now we got like, all right, are we, are we believing in the Minnesota Vikings here? Yep, yep. Are, are we believing in the uh, uh, Steelers against the Browns? You know, I'm not going against my baby Browns. I mean, of course not. I yeah. never would do something of that nature. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I haven't used the Packers yet, but they're on the road against Tampa Bay. It's a real tough, go- that's a, crazy close game should be a, a lot of fun to watch uh, and then there's the uh the other one that has me intrigued is the new england patriots against denver now that's mm. a game that all of a sudden i'm like all right well when in doubt patriots at home we just got good news about cam newton you know starting that game and stefan gilmore by the way yep, stefan gilmore back one. too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now they're you know they're nine point favorites now that they're back on the vegas board so to me if you're, you're following me, that's going to be the direction I end up going. I think. Right? Well, it's not like I, I envision a scenario where the Patriots offense going to explode to the point where we're looking at them, in my opinion, mm-hmm. as, you know, 32 points a week kind of a team. So I think there's always going to be a little bit of this, eh, you know. So when you talk about the team getting healthier, getting the quarterback back, getting the defensive player of the year back, Bill Belichick being at home, that one does make sense to me, Josh. 
Yeah, so that that's the one I'm going to go with uh, here this week, everybody. And uh, for those of you who have, uh, I always put out two of them, by the way, and, and I should, in full disclosure, my first entry has been right all, and that's the one I use in our company pool, and I'm in two other survivor pools as well. I've always used that. My second one, I've already lost three times out of five. So... I hope everybody works. Don't use my second one because it's bad. And if if ever this is the week not to probably use my secondary one either. So uh, if you went into a second situation, I think my second choice would be the Indianapolis Colts. Now, if you've used the Colts in that one, which by the way I did, and I used them in week fucking one when they lost the Jaguars, so I would have been out the first week if I used my second entry. So if you use that one, my second one would be the Baltimore Ravens. Now, if you use the Baltimore Ravens too, I will give you a third option, and this is where it is in a possibly, possibly heavy risk, but it would be the Detroit Lions. Coming off that bye against the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. That would be the direction I would go. Eek is all I got to say about that one, Ray. Yeah, that's uh, it's rough. It is a tough week uh, for a variety of reasons, health-wise, COVID-wise, schedule-wise, and matchup-wise, as we're looking at. Yeah, so uh, there we go. Um, so New England will be the survivor, but the best bet of the week, as we look at the Vegas board, like to give out my guaranteed winner on this thing of four and one on, on this one, this season. So Take a five and one, Jeff, do it. Okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try. Um, you know, it, it's, I think I'm going to, uh, boy, it, it's, uh, which it, one is my best? Go with number one, not number two. Uh, what's behind door number one what's behind door number two um yeah i'm gonna i'm I'm just gonna go with uh the one i i you're struggling here jeff what's why is the struggle you like the number two one or you don't like the number one i the hooks the uh the current odds as we're recording like indianapolis is minus seven and a half i have a problem with giving up three and a half points Seven and a half points, 10 and a half points, four, 13 and a half points, 14 and a half. I hate the hook because most outcomes in the NFL are obviously by those measurements. Three, seven, 10, 13, 14. That's what it is. So those hooks really bother me. And you think, all right, Jeff, man, you just have a diseased brain, obviously. And, you know, it's your problem. But it's, it comes into play so much more than you would think. So much more than you think. Um, I'll tell you what I'm looking at now. It's between two. One of them I like is Carolina. Now they are minus one and a half against the bears. Carolina's going to win this game against Chicago, but I'm tempted to take them on the money line where they're plus plus one ten, which is even a better bet. Cause why, why not? Um, instead of taking minus money, might as well take plus for a point and a half. The other one is the lions against Jacksonville. That's minus three points. Um, that's another game that doesn't have that hook. I think I'm going to go with the lions though, over, over Jacksonville. I'm just, you know, I'm saying it with my chest. You are, you know, I'm just saying, saying it there. And uh, it's not a great team. The Jaguars bit jumped up on people. They they were so much better the first two weeks and have been dog shit the last couple. So uh, that's why I'm going to go with the lions coming off the bye minus three. Uh, The upset of the week, Ray, do you have an ups? Give me an upset, right? I'll see. Yeah. I was looking at the spreads and everything, and I, unfortunately, when I made my picks, I didn't 
look at the spreads. So now that I'm reviewing them in comparison, I don't, I'm, I mean, nothing here. I'm, I'm basically Mr. Go with the spread. Um, and I, I'm, I think the, uh, looking here, do I have, I don't know if I have any, they're different. Amazingly well, enough. You've all shock. Yeah. And I didn't even realize I did it. Um, oh, I do have one. Okay. Um, I picked the, the, the Buccaneers over the Packers. Okay. At home. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's like a one point. So that's, you know, I, that's why that's why I'm really going on a limb, Jeff, with the one point spread there. Going on a huge limb, yeah. great flowers. Um, the ups- so the last two weeks I've been uh, upset. I just started this three weeks ago. I'm three and zero oh in the upsets. Be it, believe it or not, the last two weeks I had the same team though, and that was the Cleveland Browns. And here they are, three and a half point uh, underdogs as well against Pittsburgh. Now this game, you, you need to, for an upset. I try to pick the team that actually will win the game as opposed to just the spread, you know, just the underdog. Mm-hmm. And if I'm picking one this week, the one that stands out is the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons going to Minnesota. The Falcons have had to have a lot go on to be so miserable this year. Like they, they've really – to be that bad. It's, it's really been a lot of work for them to be 0-5. You know what I mean? Like they've been in, I think, every game, right? I mean, even the Green Bay game, they weren't – they obviously were outclassed, but they were right there. I mean, they were there against Seattle. Almost should have won against Dallas. They're beating the shit out of them. We're beating the shit out of the Bears. Let them come back. And we're winning briefly and then sort of we're in one touchdown away from the Panthers, a game they shouldn't. Firing the head coach, I've had this theory for a while that I think Dirk Cutter was sabotaging the offense. And we could read into that by the amount of running plays and the time of possession, or the uh, amount, the pace in which they play while from behind didn't make any sense. Hasn't made so. any sense. So he got Dan Quinn fired, but he didn't get the job. Raheem Morris got the job. I think we see the training wheels off for Atlanta. So if I had to pick an upset, I think that one, because Minnesota's just not good, and they don't have Dalvin Cook this week either. You know, so it's a good matchup for both of these teams against each of these defenses. So when it's like that to be a four point uh, spread, Oh, give me Atlanta beating Minnesota. I think that's the upset of the week. Huh. I, I make a plausible case there, do you, Jeff Mans? Plausible. I love that. That's a plausible deniability. That's a, my self-titled autobiography will be called that one day. <laughs> nice. uh, any final notes here, Ray Flowers, before we let everybody go for week six? Look at what a, what a show we put on Yeah, today. we talked a long time. Um, we talked some nonsense. We talked some... <laughs> DFS, we talked some providers, we talked a huge trade, yes. or not a trade, a huge signing, signing. excuse Breaking me. News. Yeah, a huge signing, we never have that happen in the middle of the NFL season, and then the, some picks and some all that good stuff at the end. Jeff, I thought it was a pretty well-rounded show. We did, uh, all right, we'll go celebrate by patting each other on the back. All right, folks, remember to hear more Ray Flowers on Twitter at Baseball Guys. He's also featured tons of great stuff, including the best damn matchup by game by game matchup report in the business over at fantasyguru.com. If you're an elite fantasy subscriber, you get Ray's matchup column along with Armando Marsal's DFS notes as a complimentary feature to that as well. So you find us both there, elitefantasy.com, elitesportsbetting.com for both me and Ray Flowers content as well the baseball season marches on and ray has full coverage for you over at fantasy guru you can follow me at jeff underscore mans on the old twitter machine 
Uh, that's about it, everybody. I want to thank Ray Flowers for joining me on episode 35 of One Man's Opinion. It was a great time had by all. And uh, we'll go readjust our rosters to everything that and Bell has shaken up. For the great Ray Flowers, this is Jeff Mans. Remember, folks, if you disagreed with anything we said, it's perfectly okay. Why? Because it's One Man's Opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Peace out.